Welcome in to the Free Retiree Show, where we help you transform your life so you can become financially free. In this show, we'll give you the inside track on how to excel in your career, filter out the noise surrounding your finances to help you make smart financial decisions, and we'll learn from thought and business leaders who can help you live your best life. What's up, listeners? Thank you for tuning into the show. I am alongside my career advisor, Sergio Patterson. What's up, everybody? Silicon Valley's favorite attorney, Matt McElroy. Hey, what's going on? And I'm your host, wealth manager, Lee Michael Murphy. So thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, So far, 2020 has been off to a fantastic start. We have, uh, I don't know, guys, I think we should cancel 2020 (laughs) at this point. We've had COVID. We've been sheltering in place. People have been losing their jobs. And just a couple weeks ago, we had the killing of George Floyd. So this has been one uh, tough year so far. Probably the worst year in recent memory, in my mind. (laughs) For today's episode, we're going to be tackling both of those subjects. We're going to start off the show by giving you guys, you know, just a quick snapshot into what's going on in the real estate market. Our attorney, Matt McElroy, specializes in that. He's going to give us just a little insight into what he's been seeing. And then we're going to move on and we're going to talk about the killing of George Floyd. There's a lot of questions on this. Um, Thankfully, we have a great attorney with us that understands all these, uh, the terminology and the issues that you need to be aware of in the case. And so I thought we thought it would just be a really great episode and give people a lot of insight. So uh, we'll start with our economic update. So Matthew, since this COVID-19 thing has, you know, hit the fan and you're dealing with a lot of clients that, you know, are business owners and have real estate. What's the impact that you've seen so far in the real estate market? You know, when, when I first started, I was really scared that we were going to see like a crazy drop or, you know, something like 2007, 2008, but you know, despite everything going on, the market is somewhat stable you know, it still has a very low inventory. So not everybody's like running to go throw their house on the market and scared and trying to, you know, get out. You know, I think, I think a lot of the, uh, the relief that they provided through the mortgage companies, as far as, you know, working with people and, you know, a lot, a lot of people, a lot of mortgage companies have allowed people to like not pay mortgage for the, uh, Mm -hmm. the months that this has been going on and they'll tack it on to the end of the loan. And I think those kind of things have been really helpful in, in saving that kind of situation somewhat, or at least people, you know, trying to get out as far as their house. Um, it'll, I don't know, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. I mean, cause I mean, from like a financial standpoint they're you know, they're pumping a lot of money in the economy and it's a long-term effect that that's going to have with real estate. You know what I mean? Are, are we going to have some inflation or prices yeah, exactly. skyrocket? Is mm-hmm. it really going to ever go down? Like, you know, is this kind of, pandemic thing really going to force, you know, the real estate market to go down? I don't, I don't know. You know I mean? I, I, I would have thought it would have taken a little bigger hit than it has, but you never know. Cause some of these, you know, the stock market's actually doing pretty good too. Right. So you wouldn't yeah. think that it yeah. would be this way with unemployment. So it's like, I just feel like there's, there's a lot of things that are really unpredictable right now. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out. Yeah, right. Man, this now. is this was gonna be our time to buy a house. It was supposed to just crash. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, that's what I was, <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's here, I'm ready. Like <laughs> Yeah, I think right now it's just the old uh the old adage of, you know, supply and demand. Uh right now there's not a lot of people putting their houses up during this time. So uh, you know, in regards to supply and demand, you know, that's keeping housing prices pretty level at this point in time. We'll still have to see what happens when uh you know people have to end up paying. Um, 
But as of right now, uh, housing market looks pretty solid given the difficult situation that we're in. So that's our brief little market update on the real estate. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break. And when we're back, we'll be talking about all the things you need to know in the George Floyd case. Stay tuned. So it's been a couple weeks since the tragic killing of George Floyd. On May 25th, uh, Mr. George Floyd, he died in Minneapolis. Uh, he, was a, he was killed by a police officer, Derek Chauvin. Uh, he kneeled on his neck for close to nine minutes. And then for two minutes and 53 seconds of that time, he was unresponsive. So since that has happened, there's been ongoing protests all across the United States and even all over the world. Um, and so it's been a really tragic thing, I think, for a lot of the people in the United States. But I just want to ask you guys, you know, what went through your mind when you saw the video of George Floyd's death? I mean, it was just, I mean, first thing is, it's sad. It's so sad that, you know, just to see that, to see somebody treated like that, to see I mean, just the whole situation just is, it hurts your heart. You know what I mean? It's, it's horrible. Yeah, man. I echo that. I think, I think a lot of people right now um, are just exhausted and tired. It's it, like, George, this was terrible, but it's not the first time we've seen this. So I, I think, I think for me, I'm just, I'm just tired of it all. Um, sad for his family. He's a father. And, um, you know, even it wasn't just that one officer with his knee on his neck. There were four other officers or three other officers watching. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's anger, frustration, sadness, everything rolled up into one. And, and uh, I think that's what we're seeing on the streets right now. People are fed up. I think, uh, you know, what's really interesting about this is for me, when I saw that, I mean, it just crushed me to see someone just treated like that and to see another person that thought it was just their right do harm to someone like that. Yeah. That was tough to watch. I think through this whole event though, it kind of just will open a lot of people's eyes because I think a lot of people in the United States just don't see these sort of things through the eyes of someone like Sergio. What, what do you think about that? Sergio? I mean, What's, yeah. what's your experience of how you look at these sort of things? Because for listeners that don't know, Sergio, he's African-American. Yeah. I, I just feel like there's, it's really tough for someone like myself. You know, I'm Asian, Caucasian. And, you know, growing up in the Silicon Valley, I just feel like I don't see it that often. Obviously, Silicon Valley is very progressive. But the thing is, like, what people need to understand is we don't see it the world through someone like Sergio or another African-American. It's just completely different. Yeah. And it's yeah. taken me, it's taken me time to like see that, but you know, through my friendship with you, I have seen it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. I think, 
even myself, I'm, I mean, for those that don't know, I'm, I'm multiracial. So I, I have that own, my own privilege in that some people won't even know. Some people will assume I'm black, but some people won't even know. So even my, I have a privilege against somebody that's full black who just, you walk up to them, you know, they're black. You have bias. Unfortunately, people have bias. So for me, through my eyes, it's like, sometimes I'm walking through my own neighborhood and I'm thinking, okay, I got to make sure I have my kids with me because people are going to just look at me. And, and, and it's something hard that's really hard to explain if you don't, if you're not that, right? If you're not a person of color, because when I see what we call Karens now, you guys, have you guys heard of Karens? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so even in my own neighborhood, man, like I think to, to touch, to touch on this experience, it's like, if I walk into a store, if I have to like, I ha- you just have this mindset that like, people look at you like a threat and it's the hardest thing to explain. So I appreciate you Lee, like sharing that. And I think the other component is like, we need more people to, to, to just take a step back and like try to look at someone and like live in their shoes. Because it's like, like you said, you, you don't really know what that's like. Yeah. I never did. Uh, you know, growing up, I was just like, I don't see it, you know? And then, um, you know, like having a friend like you, there's just been situations that I've seen while I've been in our friendship where people treat you differently. And I'm like, Oh yeah. I'm like, I've seen you get not allowed into a restaurant. Uh, that was, you know, in an area that was mainly Caucasians just because San Diego, San Diego right? Yeah. And they said yeah. you had, uh, your, your jeans weren't appropriate and you had the same jeans as everyone else in the line. I seen a, a random person, uh, at, you know, just a casual gathering tried to pick a fight with you. Um, because you were the only African American there and you did nothing. And then that's what, that's the sort of stuff that kind of opened my eyes to it. I'm like, man, it's just different. It's different. And in, in Matt, I mean, I think if you're okay with me sharing, like you have a child now. Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I don't, you know, have the same perspective, but you know, I I think about it through my son and it's like, you know, what is he going to experience in his life you know and it's like and it's weird too because you know he if you look at my son you wouldn't think that he has black in him he's whiter than i <laughs> he's almost clear you know what i mean he's, he's got that curly hair he, though he's got, he's got that hair. steph Cur- he's got a steph curry look to him <laughs> yeah yeah no, no he's got some he's got some wild curls but yeah. you know it's uh it's yeah I, I think about it a lot and you know me and sloan about a lot of talks about it is like you know what what kind of, you know, what's the world going to be like when, when he reaches an age where he starts to, you know, be aware and understand of these things. Dude, it's, it's pretty wild. So my son, Darren, I have a seven year old for the audience and he saw me watching the video and I didn't realize he was watching me watch the death of George Floyd. And it was the first time in his life where he asked me, I thought all cops were good. He asked me that. So Kimberly and I talked and we're like, okay, we got to talk to him about racism. We got to talk about, you know, police and like for all, you know, I have friends who are police, uh, my brother-in-law's law enforcement. Nobody's saying all cops are bad. That's not what I'm saying, but there are a lot of bad cops out there doing in the, there's a history of systemic racism and everything. So like I tried to explain that to my son and he's only seven. So this is another thing that like people who aren't black or brown you don't really have to talk about race to your kids. Like I'm assuming Lee and Matt, like your parents probably never had to talk to you about race. That's no. just my well, assumption. Not really. Well, here in California, it's just, it's, you know, it's like, they don't, it's like, we just have 
it's just different right you know what i mean we yeah. don't like compared to like those southern, southern states, states like, yeah so yeah. you know i have family in the south too and it, it's it's a conversation you have to have with your kids um because we we are treated different we're looked at differently so i just had this conversation with my son he's seven um and i had to explain you know all cops aren't good um some like i had to explain what racism was you know hey you know my son's mixed he's lots of different races but he's tan so like people are going to look at him a certain way my daughter has big curly hair but she's lighter skin she's they're going to look at her a certain way so it's like it's very difficult as a parent because i didn't i never really wanted to have these conversations but um they're necessary i think right now because it's unfortunately it's the world that our kids are coming up in and like my dad grew up in the south and he's like he never thought in that times would be like the 60s but it's exactly the same right now as it was back then. Yeah. Challenging times. Crazy. Sorry to go on a tangent. No, there. no. I think it was good. I think it was good and necessary to talk about that. Um, so well, it's there's all a perspective, right? You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. like everybody's going to have different experience, different perspectives, and you just got to appreciate everybody's own, you know, special situation or exactly. anything. You know what I mean? It's like, you just got to acknowledge everybody's different and, you know, got to accept and, you know, show nothing but love. Exactly. Yeah, just, just stop with the all lives matter, okay? On behalf of the black community, all white people <laughs> and non-black people, and just stop with the all lives matter, please, at this moment. I've yeah, had there's too a lot many of arguments on Facebook. Right now, right? Like, I see so yeah. many people posting all these things, and it's like, I, I, one thing I've seen is I see a lot of people, they're posting, they're, it seems like they're both posting for the same cause, but they're like fighting about their, you know what I mean? What, what slogan they're using and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, wow. Like, it's just like, it seems like it's why, why I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't get I gotta, it. I got to delete my, I got to delete it all. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't ever post on social media anyway, but it's like, you know, it, I, I see a lot of stuff. Honestly, you know, it's tough to talk about, but I think one of the best things to do, and you guys know me, like I, I'm, I try not to be political at all, but I think, that there's just certain times where you need to have conversations. And I think this is a time like where everyone needs to have conversations, just honest conversations. It's, it's things like uh, from our past that we just, you know, as a nation, we don't want to look at and we got to, we got to look at it. Um, so there's some interesting murder charges that are going on. There is a third degree murder charge, Matt, that I think uh, the officer was initially charged with. And then, it got upgraded to like second degree manslaughter. So, I mean, I don't understand what is the difference between, you know, first degree, second degree, third degree. Can you just give us like a uh, explanation of all that? Yeah. You know, every state's kind of got something of their own uh, as far as what, you know, first degree, second degree, third degree murder is and all that manslaughter. They have their own definitions that, you know, a lot of them are uh, very similar and in, in, in this case, or, you know, as far as like, they have a lot of crossover similarities here. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, the, I guess like, you know, that, and then, you know, there's also, well, actually let me get into the murder charges first. So like, um, with second degree murder, they have to, here, well, here, let's start off with this. And, and so Minnesota is different from California, right? That, that's the first difference. And so I'm not a criminal law attorney and I definitely don't practice Minnesota law. So I, I could be wrong on some of these things. I just want to give that a little um, preview, but all right. So here, you know, they, they upped the, the charges from third degree to second degree. Um, second degree means that he had the intention to kill and third degree. Like the kind of distinction there is that he, it was unintentional, 
but it was a it was basically a reckless disregard of his harm so basically like the argument that they would be making would be oh, that okay. the officer Chauvin putting his knee on his neck for nine minutes was an was reckless disregard of his safety and whether he meant to kill him or not mm. it was just so ridiculously wrong that nobody you know it wouldn't pass under any you know you know that kind of scrutiny so see so he basically he he just disregarded everything and, and it resulted in a death and it's, it's kind of almost like a negligence, but it's like an extreme form of negligence. And then you go up to second degree and it's like, he intended to kill him. He kept oh, his knee on his neck okay. for, for nine minutes to kill him. That's what he meant to do. Huh. And then, and then if you say they wanted to escalate it up to first degree, they would have to show something of like premeditation. premeditation. Like, and, and that would be really hard because it's like, how are they going to show that when they got the call to go to that scene that he knew right there, he was, that's what he wanted to do. You know what I mean? That just, it just seems kind of unlikely, you know, given what we know about the situation. I mean, yeah. who knows what they're going to find out in, in, you know, the discovery process and everything. Yeah. And it's like the ultimate goal, right. Is to get charges. So they need to make sure they process. Yeah. You can't break right three. Exactly. You can't yeah. you're, you, nobody wants to go bring charges. Like it's like filing a lawsuit when you know, you don't meet one of the elements for one of the causes of action. You know what I mean? You're just not going to win. And it's like, you don't want to set yourself up for failure here. There's another little interesting aspect is that they're, they're tacking on that it's felony murder. So felony murder is kind of unique in that whatever, you know, say whether it be second degree or third degree, it, it, it kind of enhances it, right? It's saying that you were doing you, that murder was con, uh, committed in the, you know, in the midst of, of a, a basically a felony and this felony here would be assault. So they're saying, but see, that gets a little weird, right? Because he's a police officer and the police officers have certain immunities in these types of situations when they're, you know, approaching an individual, arresting them. Uh, you know, I, I don't know the exact details of what happened with Mr. Floyd and, and the officers. You know, I don't know if there was resisting or not. I haven't, I haven't seen anything on that yet. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's just going to be interesting to see how it works out. The, 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 the difference with... The, fe the felony murder tacking that on is that I think it, add, I mean, my understanding is that if they prove that, that these guys are going to be in jail for 25 to 40 years. The, this wow. is, you're talking about Chauvin or are you talking Chauvin. about the other three officers? Well, the, my understanding of the other three is that they're not charged with the murder themselves. What they're charged with is aiding and abetting, which is like an accessory type of charge. And, and, you know, I don't know much about it because it is, it is Minnesota, but, um, you know, yeah, my that, understanding is that they, they're, they're up to uh, 25 years themselves that's as well. That's tricky they're, because they're <laughs> what happens with police in these situations, like if they should stop their fellow, I think a whole rehaul needs to be done in their training. Like when they see an officer yeah. acting out of control, they should feel comfortable like stepping yeah, there's in. Yeah, no, there should be a check and balance for the, the you know, right? whoever the commanding officer is. There needs to be, and that's, that's really what this breaks down to a lot is it's, you know, they need better training. You know what I mean? Like, like this is, I mean, this is why this problem keeps happening. There's, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. There's, there's obviously the whole, you know, racism thing going on here too, but yeah. officers need to be trained better. They, yeah. they, they're not trained well and, and they're not, they're obviously not equipped to handle these situations correctly. Now, Matt, based off what you've uh, kind of understand of the case, which of these like third, second or first, second or third, what do you think most makes most sense for the prosecution to bring? Well, I, I think, I, I mean, I think they brought the second degree because of, you know, 
all the the controversy and everything going on right now and yeah. all the, you know there's probably a lot of pressure from the public yeah and you know i i think that they they have a potential to prove that it's not it's not too far out of reach but it is going to be hard you know what i mean that i think third degree is there no no doubt i i mean <clears throat> I don't see how you could ever make any argument that nine minutes on someone's neck is reasonable under any circumstances. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially yeah, if he's yeah. not even resisting and, and, and saying the things that he was saying, you know, that he couldn't breathe. And, yeah. You know, he, he was complaining of all these things. It's like under the, and, and you know, and, and that's the, that's, that's where the other officers are at fault is that like they're, they should have checked them. You know what I mean? They should have spoke up and done something And they're They're in this, you know, from what I've read is that everybody's trying to point their finger at everybody else, right? These other officers yeah. are just pointing their finger at Chauvin and, and saying, you know, his, and, and you know, two of them, my understanding are rookies. And so there's that weird thing of like, Oh, mm. were they just too scared to speak up? But uh. you know, and that, and that's what, the, and that's what a lot of people are trying to say. Oh, they were just listening to the commanding officer or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but there, there's a, there's a point where that should stop. You know what I mean? Where it doesn't matter what the commanding officer says, right is right. Wrong is wrong. You know? So, you know, I think that's one aspect, you know, we're talking about training. I think that's one aspect is that I think they need to increase their training. So. Well, you're seeing all these, like, these videos surface on social media, of, like these just horrendous cops doing, the, you know, beating the crap out of people, just doing these horrible things. And you're just like, like, th th I mean, this problem's horrible, right? Like, th this is runs deep. It's, it's, it's like, there's so many things wrong that they're just going to have to go in there. And it, it's like, it's almost like they have to do like a complete overhaul. You know what I mean? Like training is just one little aspect of it. I mean, they, they need, I mean, I, I don't even know. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like probably a lot of the, the problems in here are that it's, it's a lot of the, <laughs> I don't know if I'm in control or anything, but the older generation is up on top. Right. And yeah. they're out of touch. You know what I mean? And they need to probably get new blood in there and, and, in new policies, new procedures, and just yeah. like, like I said, a whole overhaul. There's also this weird, or not weird, but this idea of this brotherhood, right? And it seems like officers are so afraid to stand up for what's right because they don't want to like be targeted or they don't want to be um, singled out across this. Cause there's millions of officers, you know what I mean? It's a huge and uh, it's a big business, like billion dollar, you know, they have huge budgets. So I think there's this whole, when you talk about overhaul, we need to rethink everything like budgets for, for you know, if they're, if they're messing up, like let's, let's, let's hit their budget. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and like, let's make it okay for an officer to stand up for what's right. Yeah. 100%. Oh yeah. 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 They're, they're definitely. And they're, they're, you know, the, I think historically there's been like a, a pattern of backlash like you said against these people that speak up yeah. and, and you know and, and that's that's so wrong and it and it's it's you know and it, it, it i i feel kind of mixed feelings about cutting the funding because if you cut the funding it's like how do we do the overhaul <laughs> you know what yeah. i mean like because that ain't gonna be cheap like i mean that, like that, move, they gotta get like move that. the funding right or like move it yeah, yeah reallocate like a reallocation reallocate it um exactly i think that's yeah. a good point so um, one other major question, Matt, uh, uh, that in the case that I wanted to ask you about was uh, they, they did the autopsy and the report listed that there was fentanyl intoxication, uh, methamphetamine, and they listed it under other significant conditions, but not the cause of death. 
Wait, they, that was in George. I haven't heard that yet. That's wow, yeah. That recently that recently came out that that was in his system, but it wasn't. They did not categorize that as the cause of death. Shoot, I just wanted to know, like, what issue, what? Yeah. yeah. Well, I just want to get your take on, like, wh- do you think that the defense is going to run with that? And if so, like, how would they how would they do that? Oh, yeah. Because we'll think about it, right? I mean, we're we're in, we're in criminal court. You have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt. So, I mean, they have to be like, you know, 99.9% that, that he's the cause of death. What the, what, I mean, speaking in like a defense counsel perspective, you know, who's going to be representing Chauvin, they're going to argue that, Hey, no, he's on, he's on drugs. You know, they're going to, they're going to try to blow that up. Right. And say that, you know, Hey, if he wasn't on those drugs, what Mr. Chauvin was doing, you know, wouldn't have harmed him, which, you know, is complete bullshit. Yeah. I don't care what you're on nine minutes on your neck is, is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there was another thing that I, I, I heard too, that I, I don't know, you know, I mean, it's just news articles that I've read, so who knows how true it is, but I heard that, that I think is going to add, it's going to add like an interesting aspect of the case is I heard uh, George Floyd tested positive for coronavirus. Yeah. I heard that too. I heard that too yeah. and, and so, I mean, we're talking about, you know, somebody breathing and, and cutting off oxygen and whatnot. Coronavirus is a respiratory thing. I mean, I, I could see defense counsel being all over that issue as well, saying yeah. that, the, you know, the, the, the autopsy thing that I said, that I uh, read said that it didn't have anything to do with his death and he wasn't showing symptoms. But I imagine that defense counsel is going to try to make a big deal out of that. Hey, so, Lee, were you referencing the autopsy done, the third party one done by the family or the one done by the state? I think I was the one done by the state. Because the one that the family did, asphyxiation was the cause of death. Well, um, they just found no. I, I, the thing that I was talking about was they found it in the system, but they did not say that it was the cause of death. They, they uh, it. okay. I'm not. I'm not saying that the uh, the fentanyl or methamphetamine was the cause of death. It, it was in the the test that I read. It was not the cause of death. They just found it in there, and they oh, didn't yeah, really the even is, elaborate like, on the are, amounts. Th- think about that though. Those are two pretty extreme drugs. Fentanyl. Fentanyl can can easily kill you it's supposed to be just like really really easy to overdose on is my understanding and yeah it's a huge problem right now and then you have that mixed with Uh, meth it's like that really opens up a door that that is gonna you know that they're gonna try to exploit and i you know who knows how that's gonna end up panning out you know the interesting thing here too is that like you know this is so in the public eye right it's like nobody doesn't know about this so it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle like the jury and public assets to access to the courts. I mean, these are all going to be interesting issues. I mean, what, like, this is like, like, what, I mean, this could almost be like, it's in terms of like, you know, how big it is, is like, this could be like the OJ trial kind of thing. You know what I mean? It's not a slam dunk, right? This doesn't, oh, I no, mean, no, not, not by any means. Right. No, you know, not. there, there's all kinds of like weird issues that are going to come up. You know, this guy, this guy, it's not like this guy's like, a, uh, you know, a, a normal person on the street or something like that. He was a cop serving in the line of duty when he did it. So that's going to add a weird wrinkle to oh, it. And yeah, I'm, I didn't think about You know that what part. I mean? Yeah. yeah they, I, they I, don't, have I don't know how the immunities work in, in Minnesota. And... Exactly. It's like they can't. But the thing is, is like he's deviating so far from what's reasonable in, in the way he, he conducted himself that I don't know if those, I don't even know what they are as far as how far those immunities go or if they'll even apply it. You know, Dude, Matt, jur- can you talk to us about jury selection? I don't know how much longer we have on this. <laughs> Do you know much yeah, about sele- jury selection? Yeah, you know, I, I don't in crim law, but I, okay. I do in, in like, you know, when we do a jury trial, it's, it's a process called voir dire. 
and we go in and uh, you know we get I think last time we did a jury trial we had like 50 people come in and then basically they randomly choose like the first I think like 16 and then they go up in the and you basically get to interview them you get to ask them whatever questions you want and try to fill them out and it's like not questions about the case it's like it's like personal questions like you know hey what are you studying in school or you know if they're a student or where do you work what do you do you know what are your responsibilities you try to you try to feel the person out to see if they're going to be you know sympathetic to the viewpoints of your case and then you can and you get you know a certain amount of what are called preemptory challenges where you can boot certain jurors you know and so you know and then one juror think, might lean one way and then it could impact the way they oh yeah yeah like for instance, yeah yeah so say say if you have like uh you know if you're uh like, like for, for this, right, if you're dealing with a racism issue, right, you would want as many, you know, minorities on the jury panel as you could, you know, you wouldn't want the whole white jury panel to deal with a, even though we're in California, probably it wouldn't that be as crazy, but you, you know, you see what I'm saying, like, you want to have the highest likelihood of people that are going to empathize and, and sympathize with what, you're, you know, the message you're trying to give them. But the defense wouldn't want that, right? The defense no. would want, so they may try to push the jury to be to their oh yeah to their exactly well then, that's what the battle is each side gets a certain number of people they can boot yeah, each wild. side gets their questions so it it's a really it's like you know it's a process that can take a couple days sometimes you know i know the last time we did it i i think it took the full court day to do it both you know a.m and p.m sessions well hey thanks matt for that insight i mean i think it really is eye-opening you know i think for it a lot of people top level you know it's not 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 too crazy in depth because i don't i don't know you know uh, Minnesota law, but too well, but you know, it, it is, it, it is going to be interesting to see how this pans out. You know what I mean? Like there, it's going to be an uphill battle to get second degree. It's, it's doable, but I think third degree is, is, you know, is going to be the one that is going to be very hard to defend against. Yeah, definitely. So just to close, um, you know, I just want to ask you guys, you know, how do you think you fix this problem? If you, if you've thought about that, um, what would be your advice to the listeners on, you know, what you think based off everything? Shoot, man, that's a hard question, right? Cause it's like, I, I think this problem's like so deep. It's got so many like, you know, unique issues that need to be addressed. And I, I don't know if there's like an easy answer to that question. Right. I think that people, and you think they need to get like a, like a group or a board together and they need to, to just, like we said, do an overhaul and, and really just get down and try to try to figure out what's the best way to approach this. I mean, it has to be approached sensitively. They need to take immediate action and uh, there's just, there's just going to be a lot. It's going to be difficult. It's not going to be an easy thing. Serge, yeah. what do you think? So the, yeah, this is a tough question. Um, I don't think, uh, so racism is a part of America uh since inception i don't think racism will ever go away just be real just being real with you guys but i think on the the issue with police i think to matt's point if there could be a a third party like body of like outside of the government outside of the police their only job not internal affairs either something that could like regulate or like hold them accountable as citizens and not just police officers so I'm, I'm like police officer, but like when I mess up, there's nothing that's going to like protect me because I'm, because I, st st you know, was on someone's neck for nine minutes because I'm a cop. I'm not going to get less time. Like 
there needs to be a third party to like treat them as citizens. Yeah. But like, one, one thing that I heard yeah. was like a, commu- a community review board. Yeah. Something which, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just but something you know, that could really hold them accountable in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I think Sergio brought up like probably the best point that we didn't even, I mean, we kind of talked touched about the whole subject, but like accountability. I mean, right. I mean, they can't like, just cause they're, that's been the whole problem, right? They're cops. So they're not accountable. They can get away with it. And that's really what a lot of the problems with the, you know, not, I mean this, this one, yeah, but you know, to stand on his neck, to, to stand up, sorry to cut you off, Matt, to have your knee on someone's neck and know you're being filmed for nine minutes. That tells you that that guy felt like he was above the law. Yeah. He felt he like it's God with given a smirk right on his face. Yeah. to do that. That's but also that think about it too, in the aspect that this guy was down, this guy was down on his stomach handcuffed. That's like the, one of the most like submissive positions you can be in. That's non-threatening. Right. You know? And, and so what, what was even the need to have that, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it's crazy. Couldn't he have just put him in the car? Like, yeah you would think right or just shit just sat him up right sat him up and sat him against the car he didn't i mean was i don't even know you know why why was he even face down like that or you know what i mean like why was that even like that i don't know you know what i mean like see that's the thing is i I don't really know the details that led to it and i don't think but even if i did i don't think there's anything that would justify that obviously you know what i mean but it's just like it just seems like such a like you know if he's handcuffed and on the ground already why is that even necessary you know, like it's, it's just kind of blows your mind. Yeah. So for me guys, I'm just going to say like kind of what I alluded to before in the beginning, uh, I think we as a society need to have more empathy, you know, and in this situation realize that like we don't see the world through, you know, African-Americans eyes and, you know, un- try to just understand that um, because it is different. And then um, one thing I heard, and it was from, uh, if you haven't seen this video, it's uh, a rapper named Killer Mike. I actually haven't really listened to his music or anything. Awesome. Yeah, I haven't listened to him, but I've, uh, I heard what he said about everything. And uh, a couple things that he said that I really liked was, you know, uh, go home and talk to 10 of your friends because this is, this is something that people need to talk about. Like, it's something that we kind of sweep under the rug. Like Sergio said before, you know, we, uh, part of the a part of America's history. It's kind of the black eye of America's history. Um, people don't want to talk about it, but these are times that you got to have those discussions. And, um, you know, uh, I think through conversation, through putting up things like a community review board, I think, um, I think systemic change is possible, but we have a long ways to go. Hey, I got so, a quick question before we end this off. Do you guys feel that like, I feel like since Trump came into office, I feel like racism has shown its face more. <laughs> and it, like, like, you know, oh, I, I was talking with uh, one of my friends and they, they were, they equated the, uh, you guys, you guys watch Stranger Things? Yeah, I do. Well, I, I, I okay. stopped after season two. Okay. But you, you know, you know how like the, the, that, you know, the, scientists or whatever made the little crack in the dimensions right and so they were able you know all that stuff well that's what we feel like that that trump did is that he made like this little crack with you know all the stuff that he does allowing racism to flow through and that crack is just growing and growing and growing and it's like it's almost like it's 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 become so much more prominent under his watch and i think trump Trump made racism 
he made racism mainstream and cool again. <laughs> kind of right. Yeah, that's so like he, like, it's like he crazy. like people like, were hiding like, under their like bridges and like trailer parks, and now they're like out. <laughs> <laughs> they're out. He made it cool again, and now they're out and about. And I think it exposed America's <laughs> underbelly. Like, dude, yeah, it, California is only California. There's the middle of America and the South. It's a different world, guys. Exactly, and and, and it's and it, it blew, blows my mind. Like like that there's that many people with those viewpoints you know what i mean like that's just it, one it's it, it's sickening right i mean i don't know for for me anyway i, I it's, it's, it's super troubling because i didn't have the view before that there was that it was that deep right and this is just kind of exposed it oh yeah when you I, saw I, the video you're like oh shit that's what they're talking <laughs> about <laughs> yeah which, which video the the, the chauvin like, you know, it's like one of those things. It's like that reminder. Oh, shit. That's what the African-American people are talking about. <laughs> you know, it's like. That's why uh, Cap was kneeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and then just like, you know, there's just been a, like a certain insensitivity by some people about this approach to it. You know what I mean? And I don't, you know, you see, I, what was it? There's a couple of football stars like Drew Brees and stuff. He was, you know, they, they're just. And we're like, what about Trump's comment about you know, the, correlating the, the how good the economy's doing, that George Floyd oh, yeah. would be happier. So I, 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 I don't know the... Oh, yeah, he's like, speech, George but. Floyd is, like, looking down. It, it was really bad. Just <laughs> it was just, it just showed he was so, like, out of touch and missing the ball, right? Like, it's like, it's like, he just doesn't get it. And, that, and that's really... I mean, the other thing, Lee, you mentioned what can we do, like, get out and vote. Yes. You know? oh, yeah, oh my right. gosh. That was, I'm sorry. That was, I forgot to mention National, that. That's the, that was like the most of, important thing, right? One of the most important. <laughs> Probably one of my only criticisms of Kaepernick is, yeah, you know, that, but that is extreme. That is extremely important. I can't believe we forgot that one. Yeah. That's the other one. Yeah. You got to vote on your, especially on the local level. Local, right? yeah. Another thing Killer Mike was saying, I don't know who this guy is, but he's saying like, <laughs> this is your time to take out, you know, you know, if you got a DA in there you don't like, uh, someone at the city level that, you know, has, has history that you don't agree with, this is the time to, to vote and make a change. All right, guys. Great, great discussion. Uh, we'll wrap up the show. Uh, but, man, this is, this is one of uh, – I was happy to be a part of this discussion today. So I appreciate both of your guys' insights. All right, so we're signing off. Thank you for listening to the Free Retiree Show. So long for now. I think that was a good one. That was pretty good. That got pretty that got pretty deep. That was good though. Yeah, I didn't think it would go that yeah, deep. Yeah, good. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, a registered investment advisor with the Securities and Exchange Commission. Securities offered through Securities America Incorporated. Member FINRA, www.finra.org. SIPC, www.sipc.org. A separate entity. Lee Michael Murphy is licensed with the California Department of Insurance, license 0H18660. The Free Retiree, Securities America Advisors, and Securities America Incorporated are separate entities. Career Advisor Sergio Patterson and Attorney Matt McElroy are not affiliated with Security America companies. Securities America Incorporated, Security America Advisors, and its representatives do not provide tax or legal advice. Therefore, it's important to coordinate with your tax or legal advisor regarding your specific situation. Third-party sourced information comments are not verified, may not be accurate, and are not necessarily representative of all client or audience experience. A portion of this event was paid by a third party. 
The opinions of career advisor Sergio Patterson do not reflect the opinions of Facebook Incorporated. The opinions of attorney Matt McElroy do not reflect the opinions of Castaneda and company.